What's up, chefs? Got a good uh, podcast about He-Man today. Finally, we did not let this one get into old man Logan territory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Um, we of course we go off on a tangent for a while, but you but know, it stays within yeah the, within, within the, the bounds yeah in of, in that realm right in the bounds of what we're talking about. So uh, um, make sure to check us out all across uh, the internet. Uh, you can start at superdivorceme.com. That's our mother base, uh, the one stop shop for the super divorce superverse, which. We have plans mm-hmm. to restart some of the Superverse stuff. Yeah. So if you guys enjoyed the things we used to do, you keep keep an eye out because we have some stuff coming for you. Yeah. Um, make sure to put your email onto our mailing list and you'll get three down three free downloads. That's such a tongue twister. Three free downloads. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook uh, and uh, Twitter yeah. at Super Divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to follow Mr. Nicholas Villars, where can they find you? Just look up Nicholas Villars, wherever you are, and you'll find out if I'm there or not. <laughs> and if you want to find me on the internet, you can find me uh, on Instagram at BenderButt. What I mean is, like, my handle is literally Nicholas Villars. Yes. Wherever at, I am. At, at Nicholas, Nicholas Villars. Villars. And I, I'm not on every platform. But it's like a guessing game for you. Yeah. So if you're curious, then just look me up. And if I'm there, then you'll find me. So uh, here's our cast about He-Man. Mm. Enjoy, chefs. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hello, chefs. Super Divorce Supercast. I'm Bender. I'm Nicholas. Reversing it on you today. Yeah. Today we're actually going to talk about He-Man. Yeah. We promised. We promised. But we actually did it. We hung out together too. We even we watched it together. Just now. Just we watched now. one earlier. We did. We watched four just earlier this afternoon. Yeah. Um, and we're also... We're already drinking... Because we've been drinking. We've been drinking and we're going to continue. Right now we're uh, on this edition of Beer Me to start things off this week. We're drinking Not Your Father's Mountain Ale, (laughs) which is like Mountain Dew beer. Yes. And it is the color of Mountain Dew. I mean, it is reanimator (laughs) syringe green. And it tastes almost exactly like Mountain Dew. Um, you do not taste alcohol in it, but it's 5% for the bottle. So pretty standard. Yeah. But you, it does not taste like alcohol at all. It is very sugary though. It is. You do taste, I mean, like, I don't know, you feel like you can sit down you can just keep drinking beer and beer and beer and beer. I question how many of these I could have in one sitting. Like I know, I feel like i could have another one or two today but if i just had a six pack i don't know if i'd be able to get all the way through it myself not because of the alcohol yeah well it's the same way you feel about not your father's root beer yeah like they're good but you can really only do one or two at a time honestly you just i mean imagine sitting down with a six pack of 20 ounces of root beer you know or of of mountain dew it's like 
you just feel bloated yeah. after a few of them. This one, I feel like I might be able to do a little bit more than the root beer because mm-hmm. this really does. It's just like if you've ever had Mountain Dew that's been sitting out for a little bit, not too long yeah. to where you can't drink it, but just to where it sort of loses its fizzy edge. That's basically what this is. You like, like I said, no alcohol taste to it. There's a slight aftertaste that differs a little bit from Mountain Dew, right? But this is like basically just Mountain Dew that's kind of been sitting on the counter for an hour or two. I think what I noticed about it, as far as the aftertaste goes, is like I think the reason you don't really taste any alcohol flavor is because. The, all the citrus in this, it takes that bitterness, and to me, it almost just tastes like a little bit of a grapefruity aftertaste. Yeah. Like, just a note of grapefruit to me, that just kind of, like, slightly bitter citrus flavor. And that's really, that's the only thing different about it. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's the only thing that separates it from just having a Mountain Dew, is just, like, the way it finishes. But I would, uh... If there if if there's a beer that doesn't hold the crown of most douchebaggiest beer ever, <laughs> this one now holds that crown. Do you suppose it's worse than Zima? I have not had a Zima yet. We should definitely get Zima soon. Tomorrow, if you're interested, um, Abertooth is playing at Blind Bob's, and Blind Bob's serves Zima. Do they? Yes. Hmm. Well, it's I was I was gonna go because I don't have to be at work till nine thirty on Saturday. Oh. so that's a weird admission that you you're thinking about going out because you don't have to be at work until the you know the late hour of nine thirty a.m. Yeah, most it's, people hear it is, that and be like, know. <laughs> it's it's a treat for me to like w- not have to wake up till eight thirty. Like, I didn't have to wake up, I didn't have to wake up that, you know, early normally at my other job, but the days that I had to be up at five, you know, like, gone are the days now, and I'm so, I'm just like so ecstatic to (laughs) to wake up at 8.30 and go to work. So, yeah, It's, it's fine for me, really. So what time do you feel like you have to be in bed if you're waking up at 9.30? Or if you have to be at work at 9 or 9.30? If I'm if I'm uh, pushing it, I'm still comfortable going to bed at like 4. But I would prefer to be in bed by 2.30 or 3. Go to bed at 4 and wake up at what time? 8.30. So you're cool with about 4, 4.5 hours of sleep? Yeah. If I'm really desperate, and if I really kind of, like, hustle out the door, um, which, like, I normally do anyways, I'm not, like, a, I'm not really a wake up, sit down, have breakfast type of person, I'm more just like, okay, I have to be somewhere, so get up and go. Um, if I really, if I really kind of push it, I could wake up at 9 and be at work by 9.30, but I don't mind getting to work 15 to 30 minutes early and just sitting 
in my car. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wake up at 8.30. What do you do? Just do some scrolling? Yeah, I just like car. sit on my phone and I just, or I just kind of like sit and wake up. Or sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just like roll the, you know, put the windows down and roll the seat back and just kind of like set an alarm yeah. for like 10 or 15 minutes and just kind of like finish off, you know, sleep or whatever. Um, but yeah, if, if I, if I work at nine thirty, I'm pretty okay being in bed at like three. Are you supplementing that with a nap or do you just, you go straight through normally? Depends. <clears throat> On like a four hour sleep day. Mm-hmm. Are you inclined or compelled to come back home and take a nap or I like to yeah. I don't always have the luxury like sometimes I go and I do something um, or a lot of times I'll I'll think to myself all day like I'm gonna take a nap when I get off work I would take a nap and then I'll get home and that's yeah sometimes that does happen where you wake up and within the first half hour hour of your day you're like i can't wait until i can take a nap later and then you just don't even feel like it right when that time comes but there have been plenty of uh occurrences where i will i'll get off work go home sleep for like a half an hour and then wake up and go do plans or whatever i mean you know so yeah i take i probably take naps more frequently than some than some people that's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's good for you. Mm-hmm. But I just, like, I, it's not, it's like one step below a habit for me. Mm-hmm. When I have the opportunity, I take it, and I'll take a nap. And luckily, I, I sort of get the opportunity, you know, probably four, at least four times a week. Which is more than most people can say. Bender approves of the nap. I do. It's good for your brain. Um, this week, as far as our topic goes, that we're going to discuss with you, yes. He-Man, the original animated series, basically created to sell toys. Created only to sell toys, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, just one thing about it before we really get into the the episodes themselves is like one thing I love about it is from the get go it's just like season one might as well have been season five because they don't introduce anyone nothing and there aren't really origin stories you know it's just like you're dropped into this world and as far as you can tell He-Man has been feuding with Skeletor for 20 years yeah you know (laughs) at this point there's no it's just a daily routine for them at this point. Skeletor comes up with a plan. He-Man defeats Skeletor. Night. Daytime. Skeletor comes up with a plan. He-Man defeats Skeletor. Nighttime. Daytime. Like, Characters come in and out without any mention of who they are. Like, as I said, the best you get is you kind of figure at some point throughout an episode, if you see a new character you haven't seen before, someone will say that character's name. Eventually. At some point, when they're yeah. damn well ready. Yeah. But it's not like they get... It's like the most unceremonious introductions that you'll ever see for characters in a TV show. The only proper introductions come in the form of episode... Uh, I think episode three. Uh-huh. 
uh, the the disappearing act where Skeletor calls all of his minions back to the castle. Yeah. And it goes one by one like Merman, um, Lockjaw, and Triclops. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, the, the sorceress. Uh, Evelyn. Yeah, Evelyn. Evelyn. Uh, and it's just like it like one by one's them and brings them back to the castle and so that's kind of an official introduction. But then two episodes later, you there's a strong arm mm-hmm. and you have no idea who he is until Skeletor goes strong arm, get him. <laughs> He's just there like making sure that the slaves do their job and stay on on task. Yeah, watching from a perch. <laughs> that's like how he's introduced. Like it's not like the first time you see him everything stops it's like strong arm or mm-hmm. anything he's just like a guy up there yelling at slaves and it just happens that he has a name eventually yeah same but, with but the... he, he, oh, i was gonna say real quick even with the segment where they're where skeletor is calling all of his minions back like he says their name and like what they're good at but it's not a real origin like you get oh. why they're working with him right or how they met it's another one of those things where it's like, oh, he's calling them back. Like, they've done this a thousand times already. And it's like, oh, well, Skeletor's calling. You well, know? Merman even says, or, or one of them says, uh, Merman, or Skeletor's like, well, I have a plan to defeat He-Man. And one of them goes, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. They, like, don't even take him seriously. It's like, but they go along with it for some reason. Because they're just, they're the evil ones. It's they're just, like, the evil characters. There's nothing else going on, so. Yeah. I'm just, I happen to be looking through this rock and finding this satellite when he needs me. Like, it was funny that every... Each person he called to him at that exact moment, they were in the middle of doing what they're known for. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Like, that's all they do when they're not on a mission is they're, you know, they're constantly going around finding some way to use their abilities, even if they don't really have to. Yeah. You've got Merman, who's, uh, like, wrestling some weird lizard creature because he's the master of the seas. Right. And then you've got uh, Lockjaw, who's like testing out his laser gun arm on just some rocks, blasting rocks, just shooting <laughs> rocks. You've got Evil Lin standing on top of a mountain, looking evil. And then you've got uh, um, Triclops using, yeah, using his gamma sight, mm-hmm. which is a triangle eye versus a circular eye. To see through solid objects, and he finds, like, this satellite dish. Like, Somehow, like... Inside of a rock. Yeah, inside, behind, like, you couldn't... Why it, did you have to use... I, yeah, well, if it was behind, yeah, you could have just walked, walked around off. it. <laughs> but, you know, if you... Yeah, if it was inside, well, that leaves other questions. Like, what was this satellite doing in this rock? And Yeah. It gets beamed up with him. Right. And Skeletor, like, calls him back. But you never hear anything about that for the rest of the episode. It's not like it meant anything. It just happens to go with them. Right. So, like, does Triclops, like, have this satellite dish that he carries around with him and he hides it for himself (laughs) and then he, like, goes off and, like, spends the night somewhere and then comes back and has to use his gamma vision to find it? Yeah, it's just a fun way to keep skills sharp. Yeah, it's just his little toy. Yeah. 
It's his favorite satellite dish. He just hides it. But that's about the only time throughout the five episodes that we watch that characters are even remotely formally introduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, you see a new character on the screen, and you wonder, well, who is that? Well, you're be, you'll be wondering until someone takes the time to yeah. mention them by name, and it's not generally done even like remotely soon after the first time you see them. It could be 15 minutes into the episode, and then finally you get the person's name. So yeah, it's an interesting approach, but I don't know, maybe... Maybe they did some like market research, and it's like the kids will wonder who this person is, and they'll drive them nuts. Yeah. And then when we tell them the name, twenty minutes into the episode, and they get it because their their you know thirst for knowledge has finally been quenched. It's going to stick in their brain, and then they'll go and ask their parents for this new toy by name. I mean, that's not. And that's not. That's probably not far maybe, from the truth. Yeah. And there were. I mean, there are. You can still find them. Uh, just a plethora of He-Man toys. Well, you've got yourself a He-Man and a Skeletor, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I've got those two right over there. Those are from the... Uh, I've got the He-Man and the Skeletor from the 2002 um, relaunch yeah. of the series they did. And uh, I used to... I mean... I had, like, all of the original toys, too. I wish I still did. Even though it was, like... It only ran from 83 to 85. Uh Uh-huh. But they showed those episodes over and over again, I feel like, until at least the early 90s. Yeah. You you could watch He-Man on Saturday mornings or whatever. Whenever they had it on. Because I watched it all the time when I was a kid. And I obviously was not old enough to catch the original airing, but... It was still He-Man sections in the toy stores, and it was the same with Transformers, and I feel like a lot of the stuff that got really popular in the 80s, you didn't necessarily have to catch it on the first go-round, you know, because they got really popular, they'd rerun the episodes, they'd keep selling the toys, so there's really no incentive to, you know... Make more. Yeah. You get, like, whatever... 50 to 100 episodes you can just show over and over again. Yeah. And it's not like people are going on Netflix and binge watching at that point. So. Yeah. It's the same with like, uh, I mean, that's, I, I had the same aesthetic with uh, Dragon Ball Z as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like watching on Toonami, you know, you'd yeah. watch it for a long time and then they'd restart it. Yeah. And you would just be like, fuck. <laughs> well, I'm going to watch it all again and yeah. hope that when I make it to the end this time, they show me something new. Right. And that was always a big deal. Especially with DBZ, I remember that. Because I got... I was really into it when it first came on to Toonami. But it was always such a bummer when they near the end. And then you knew it was about to restart. Yeah. But so cool when a new saga would air. And it would just... You know... If you weren't like going on message boards and stuff... It would just happen. Yeah. You just see an episode. Oh fuck! I've never seen this before. They must be showing new ones now, you know. But yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So uh... one thing about He-Man that I'm really thinking about is like I know the you know the show is created just to sell toys, but like based on the time that uh, 
it was being made, it's interesting to me the animation style. Yeah. Because you can tell um, it has an extreme, extreme uh, Hanna-Barbera aesthetic where, like, you can almost see the animation cells. Yeah. I mean, they're so, it's so blocky and the movement is so rigid um, that you can tell. But it's really interesting to me to see a cartoon like this and that sort of animation style versus uh like the looney tunes yeah because it, it makes you really appreciate how incredibly well animated looney tunes are yeah even the old looney tunes from the 50s are better animated than he-man well i think one reason for that might be when you're talking about looney tunes you're dealing with very very cartoony characters and their their movements and everything are very exaggerated, very cartoony. Yeah. And um, with He Man, I feel like they tried to keep it pretty realistic, if you will. Yeah. Not that it's realistic that He Man throws someone you know like two hundred yards into the distance or yeah. anything like that. But as far as like when they're walking and stuff, it's like very. It's not, it's definitely not exaggerated. No. And and so maybe that has something to do with it. It's like they tried to keep it boxed into that like mostly realistic realm. Yeah. And I wonder though cuz I mean even even uh the backdrops and the yeah. locations, you know, you can you can almost tell are sort of just like like this rock formation is obviously reused from something else yeah. because it's not the same color as like the road in front of it and the you know the rock formation in front it's like uh it's like if you were to draw on those um clear clear paper like the screen projectors in school yeah it's like if you were to draw on a couple of those and lay them on top of each other i mean that's what that's basically what they did yeah um but yeah, even the the environments that these characters are in, the Looney Tunes environments are so much more well crafted. I guess another thing you have to take into account is like what was the goal of Looney Tunes? And it was the, entertainment. It was entertainment, and it was like the cartoon itself. With a lot of this kind of stuff, like He Man, even though people love them, and you know, there's like the soft spot for the nostalgia and everything. You grew up watching them you didn't really take that into consideration as a kid. And I think they banked on that fact. So it's like, well, what's, what can we get by with, you know, what, what's, true. what's the most we have to do to be effective, to get these characters into the minds of kids where they're going to hound their parents for them. And then they're going to go out and buy the shit. It's true. So it was like, it was, and I, I believe that was like a controversy mm -hmm. at the, at that point some parents kind of started putting this together and it's like, Oh, this is bullshit because they're basically just, you know, running half hour commercials for toys. And then our kids are coming and asking us for them. And it's like, well, maybe you're annoyed by it, but it's like, it's not anything illegal. No, if you really care that much. Then just don't let your kids watch TV. Yeah. And they but, sort of try to work in a message. Yeah. That's, that's true. And I was going to bring that up as I, I, Part of me misses that. I kind of think that's that's cool. 
you know, just for kids. Like, anyway. G.I. Joe did it, and yeah. I feel like Transformers might have done it. Mm-hmm. Captain Planet used to do it. Yeah. You know, and then you've got Human, where they show an episode, and then at the very end of it, you've got, you know, the theme song playing, and one of the characters steps forward, and like, in today's show, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, you know, we learned not to talk to strangers. Yeah. Never accept candy or anything from a stranger, and don't go with them, you know. Yeah. Like, all that kind of stuff. Like, very direct, mm-hmm. like, lessons. Now I feel like a lot of cartoons, stuff for kids is, like, so erratic and just spastic and all over the place. It would be very difficult to even, like, work in maybe a coherent message that you could come back and talk about. I don't know. Yes. However, I think it's just... I think today... And it might it might not affect kids in the same way. It's just like straight up telling them. Um, but I think a lot of today's cartoons take a sneakier approach mm-hmm. to it, where like I know uh, like Adventure Time sort of, for example, hints around like Princess Bubblegum and Marceline like being in a relationship at one point. Yeah, uh, and they sort of just like. It's like a five-year-old child uh, is not going to pick up that when Princess Bubblegum asks for her t-shirt back, you know, that Marceline's had forever that she gives it to her. Yeah. But, like, you know, the older you are, obviously, like, somebody my age would realize it. But even if you're, like, ten or something, it's already kind of like, they're just, they're trying to make it okay just to be who you are. Yeah. Without any sort of, like, being told or, like, any sort of judgment. And I I bring that up because I just read this big, huge um, Tumblr post Mm -hmm. about Steven Universe. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I know what it is. I've never watched any of it. I haven't either, but apparently I've heard before that Steven Universe is really big on, like, the acceptance and especially, like, gay and lesbian acceptance and all that kind of stuff. But... Um, that, but even more so to that, this post that I was reading was talking about how, uh, it's one of few cartoons where every character is presented with like a different body type Mm -hmm. and every character there's like, no matter what their body type, whether they're tall and skinny or short and fat or like literally a square or whatever their body type is. There's, like, another character in the show that thinks they're attractive. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, like, all this... They never, you know, at the end of an episode, they don't sit down and go, everybody deserves to be loved, mm-hmm. no matter if you're fat or skinny or... Bold. But it's, like, a, a really subtle way of being, like, hey, no matter what you look like, if you're a gross ogre or you're, like, a really pretty woman, like, somebody is going to find you attractive. Yeah. So I think it's just today's cartoons, while yes, very sporadic, I agree mm-hmm. with you, some of them take very subtle, almost very adult approaches to pushing good messages on onto kids. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I also think for kids who maybe aren't at the point where they pick up on that kind of thing tying it all together at the end of an episode is 
if you're dealing with very, very general themes that everyone can agree on, then I don't, I feel like it, it's just, it's helpful yeah. in, in a way yeah. to little kids who might not be at that point where they're like picking up on the undertones yet. Or, oh, which is why I think you have stuff like Nick Jr. Yeah. Or, you know, Dora the Explorer. As, yeah. as much as we all hate Dora the mm-hmm. Explorer, you know, it's very, the whole show is in your face this is what's happening mm-hmm. type thing. I think Blue's Clues is kind of like that too. There's not necessarily a sit down, learn a lesson, but it's like a thinking show for yeah. young kids. And it's tough to do that because you you also don't want to make it too easy for them. Right. You know, so you don't want to insult their intelligence or give them, you know, bad ideas about the way things work and make it seem like well, the world's going to be as easy as just pressing this little button and then your problem's yeah. solved, you know? So, yeah, it's it's a tough thing to to try and figure out exactly yeah. how you should be presenting the problems and, and the solutions and, you know, to what degree do you need to be blatant about it and what can you be more symbolic with? It's Yeah, I don't know if there's, there's an exactly correct answer, but maybe a, a, a good mix uh-huh. of the two. I just don't know of any, and, and, you know, maybe I'm not looking hard enough. I just don't know of any, any kid shows that I've seen Lazarus watch recently where they kind of do that and come back and, and they're like, today yeah. we learned about this, right. you know? Right. No, I, I agree. Today, when I came over today, he was watching Pocoyo. Yeah. And I was like, there's some learning like yeah. going on yeah. in this show but it's a very very odd show it is it's the same have you ever watched cannibals no i've never seen cannibals cannibals are these little they're like animals in a can uh-huh. like imagine a can of cat food okay. or a can of tuna but the pop the top pops open and like a little animal head pops out Okay. And they kind of roll around and talk to each other and hop around and get into all sorts of mischief together. And and it's... But and they're just kind of like... And making noises at each other and hopping around and motioning uh, towards things. And it's all done with like, well, what are their facial expressions? Miming and all this stuff. But there's no talking really in it. So it's another one of those things where it's a lot of just like, look how silly these things are bouncing around together right and it's a it's an attention taker rather yeah. than like a teaching method yeah which i don't know maybe I'm, I'm guessing there's there's some story going on of course in the, over you know the period of an episode but it's not uh <laughs> i don't know I, I just feel like it's a different uh a different approach uh-huh it's not necessarily the kind of stuff that I watched growing up, I'll say that. Well, it's like, uh, I mean, I feel like it's like Spongebob. Like, yeah. really, ultimately, there's not a lot of message in Spongebob. It's purely mm-hmm. entertainment. Yeah. Some of the earlier episodes have, you know, some message messages, and I think it promotes friendship a lot, but... And what's his name being thwarted constantly, you know? Plankton. Trying to get the secret formula yeah i yeah i don't know but i think mostly spongebob is just sort of an entertainment 
show. Yeah. And um, it's just, especially with kids being on tablets and stuff so much these days, and just going from one three-minute video to the next three-minute video, that maybe that has something to do with the explosion of people with, like, ADHD. Yes. I was honestly a little uh, surprised that the He-Man episodes were 20 minutes. Yeah. Because I am very used to uh, 13-minute episodes or 11-11-minute episodes of, like, Gumball and Regular yeah. Show and uh, Adventure Time. And, mm-hmm. you know, everything is... You're, you're getting it in 11-minute increments. And now if you're watching it on cable... You get two episodes in a 30-minute block. Yeah. But if you're watching it on Hulu, you know, sometimes Adventure Time seems like it has so, so, so many episodes throughout its six seasons. Because uh, there's like 50 episodes per, you know, season or whatever. Yeah. But you have to remember that really it's only 25 because they would have played two of those episodes yeah. on cable. It's like if Rugrats was on Adult Swim, yeah, you'd get... Yeah, the same deal, where instead of, you know, instead of one episode, you'd have two, and because, you know, they used to do it that way, where it's like you'd have that little, one story ends, and you go to commercial, and then it yep. comes back, and you have, like, your title screen. Ba-ba! Yeah. Boom, 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 <laughs> yeah. boom, boom. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, it's, uh... You, you sat down and you watched it and your attention was there, you know, for that time. Yeah. But it never really, like... But then, you know, they only played, like, the the main theme yeah. once. Right. So it felt like this was all one show. Yeah. Like the, even though it was two stories, this was one show. Right. And then even even if they had a block of Rugrats, that was, like four episodes in a row you didn't call it eight episodes in a row right you called it four Mm -hmm. because they only played the main theme four times exactly you saw that main theme and then you knew this is a new episode yes but so but so he-man has that Mm he-man has a theme you know before each episode however it's it's interesting to me that uh they are what could be called today the long format Mm -hmm. where the episodes are 20 minutes long um, it's interesting, like, I didn't have trouble paying attention, but I was just, like, surprised at the length. Yeah. Um, and then also surprised at the amount of story they, like, left out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I asked you this after we watched the first one last week, but I was like, do you feel like you missed out? Would you have enjoyed He-Man being a part of your childhood? And what, how do you feel about it as an adult watching it? As as an adult, I, like, love it. Yeah. Because I think it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I feel like as a child, I would have liked it about as much as I liked Captain Planet mm-hmm. in the 90s, which is just kind of like... Okay. If it's on, if there's nothing else on, I'll watch it. But if, like, Captain Planet is on Nickelodeon and Dexter's Laboratory is on Cartoon Network, like, I'm fucking watching Cartoon Network. That kind of That kind of thing. By the time I was really into cartoons, though, I think stuff like that, like Captain Planet and stuff, was like your early morning cartoons. Yeah. 
Um, well, before Adult being... Swim, or not, it wasn't Adult Swim, just Cartoon Network. But when they burst on the scene, all those new type of cartoons were like part of what a cartoon. That's yeah. where all that weird shit started. The Gendy Tartakovsky stuff. Yeah, with like Johnny Bravo, Dexter, Powerpuff Girls. Um, there were some other ones. I think Seth MacFarlane did like a pilot or something on there that didn't yeah. didn't catch on. There was Cow and Chicken. Yeah. And then I think Nickelodeon started incorporating that style a little bit with like Angry Beavers and Cat Dog. Rocco. Rocco. Rocco, I feel like, is... Pre-cartoon cartoon. Yeah, but it's still... It was like... It was a step out of the old realm of cartoons, if you mm-hmm. will. Yeah, it was. And it has its own feel to it, really. But, so it is Ren and Stimpy, I think. Yeah. But those were... I think those kind of got the ball rolling, and then and then maybe that the stuff on Cartoon Network took it even further than those did. And uh, and then eventually that that kind of became what all of the cartoons were like. Yeah, you had what a cartoon, and then when I was young, it was cartoon cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it included it was like all of those shows, but then also included like Courage the Cowardly Dog and Ed Ed and Eddie. Yeah, and uh, man, I was watching Ed Ed and Eddie the other day, and I was like, holy shit, I forgot like how good this show is. What was the one? Uh trying to think of other ones around that time like wild thornberries which um, i never particularly cared for but then when you go back and watch it and you realize tim curry is nigel thornberry i didn't even know that you didn't know that no tim curry plays nigel thornberry wow that's a revelation like and you watch it and just every time he goes (laughs) smashing (laughs) you know you're just like oh my god that guy played pennywise didn't know that tim curry was him and uh flea from red hot chili peppers was donnie really yeah wow that's crazy somebody somebody played deb too like somebody famous played the daughter not eliza but the the teenage daughter i can't remember who it was but somebody famous played her too daniel harris oh interesting yeah i hadn't i knew nothing about the cast of that show tim curry huh Smashing! <laughs> it's so funny. That makes sense. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. I was never really into that show, though. Like, as a kid. But, as I said, when you go back and watch it. I didn't like as like it as much as my sister did. She was four years younger than me. So, she was, like... She got really into that. And, like, um... What was the one with, like, the extreme... Rocket Power. Rocket Power. They had, like, the same animation. Yeah. Those two. The character models were, like, roughly the same. Yeah. She liked that one a lot. I really liked Ah Real Monsters. I thought that show was really cool. That's one I never really got into as a kid. That's one you'd probably be into if you went back and watched it Probably. Probably. Um, Because I feel like that's very... It's pre... It kind of set the bar for Invader Zim. Mm-hmm. all real monsters did yeah i'm sure i would love it now it's uh but i you know i didn't get into horror till like i was in high school so that was well after i mean i still watch cartoons i think there's a shout factory there is set of it mm-hmm. much like the you bought rocco didn't you yeah i got yeah. that one and i just saw that they've released the entire rugrats series 
And I want to pick that up. If Rugrats, Hey Arnold is out, yeah, and on... uh, Cat Dog is out, and uh, yeah, I think they have uh, Ah Real Monsters. Hey Arnold was great too. Yeah, I was kind of on my way out of being really into cartoons. That was like one of the last ones I probably got into. Hey Arnold was one that really pushed good like morals mm-hmm. on kids. Yeah, and it was a really fun show too. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Like, I went back and watched a few episodes recently, and it's just like, you don't think about this stuff, but, you know, like, all the kids have, like, New York accents, uh-huh. you know? Just, like, they really did a good job in making it true to what the, like, the setting was, you know, in this city. Yeah. Because I don't know if it's actually set in New York, but it might as well be. I think they're it's constantly, nameless, yeah. They're taking the subway all the time, and, you know, they're playing out in the street, and they all live in apartments, you know. Yeah. It's, but it's very authentic feeling for a show of its type. Yeah. So, but, anyway, got a little off track from yeah, He-Man. Yeah, we tangent. Um, Which, I mean, you guys should expect yeah, by now. Yeah, you know that. But, like, yeah. Um... Were you at the studio the day that Josh pulled up this video where, like, they were... It was, like, this, uh... It was, like, one of these creepy specials done by, like, some Christian investigative group. The claymation thing? No, I don't think so. The oh. claymation? I was... No. I, I was thinking about, like, this... They were, uh, investigating, like, the seeping into you know, culture of the occult through, like, children's shows in okay. the 80s. no, I don't think I saw that. And they did a section about He-Man, and uh, <laughs> it was just showing, like, oh, look at all this magic being used, and they're calling forth demons, and they're trying to, they're trying to poison the minds of the children today through these subversive ways and trick them into thinking that this is normal and all this stuff, and they're getting kids to go and and mimic these characters and they you see the kids holding up the sword saying i have the power and what's the power come from this this castle gray skull look at it it's a skull (sighs) this is representative of death yeah and they're worshiping death here and it's like (laughs) just making the most absurd connections and i was just thinking to myself like man like you watch an episode or a special like that, and it's like, what was this person letting their children play with at that point? Right. How lame would it have been to have that as your dad? Oh, I'm so glad that that didn't happen to me. Yeah. So glad my parents allowed me to get into He-Man and Transformers and all these quote-unquote occult uh-huh. shows, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but He-Man is... It's definitely, if you've never seen it, like, I had never seen an episode of He-Man until I was 27 years old. It's actually pretty worth it. Yeah. Like, I think it's it's pretty worth it to go back and watch some He-Man episodes because the, it's just ridiculous. It really is. Like, you, you don't even have to change anything about it. It's not like, because they've got that show on now. That I've seen, and I, I think I watched one episode, and I just felt like it was kind of lame. They kind of mimic the art style of He-Man. 
and the main character looks a lot like He-Man. Are you talking about the Adult Swim show? Yeah. Like Power Fist or something, or Power... He has like a gauntlet, Power Gauntlet, or Gauntlet Man. Is that what it is? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look it up real quick. I feel like I know what you're talking about. Let's see... Oh, it's Son of Zorn. That's the name of it. Have you seen yes, that? Yes, no, but I, I know what it is. It's on Fox, though, isn't it? Or is, is it, it on Adult Swim? Uh, maybe it is on, on Fox. I saw, like, one of the cutouts at uh, yes. FYE. Yes, that guy. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly... Yes. So, he's, so he, is he in real life, but he's a cartoon character? Yeah. But he comes from a world that's very similar to He-Man's, uh-huh. you know, that's like same shtick. But it's like you don't, like when I'm watching He-Man, it's like you don't even have to do this. No. If you just re-aired He-Man. It would be hilarious. Yeah. People would watch the fuck out of it. I mean, it's funny. It's a <laughs> funny show. It really is. Like, in, in ways that are just like totally unexpected. Like how, how clumsy prince adam seems to be yeah just like running into shit and falling down for like no apparent reason no but he's also he's like the most powerful man in the universe yeah (laughs) but he can't avoid a fucking whatever candelabra yeah just runs straight into it for no reason at all just i don't know he's never on time for dinner no he's never on time when the king wants him around and his, like, his uh, ability to maintain a secret identity is even more ridiculous than Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah. Because Prince Adam doesn't even bother with glasses. No. He, he just puts on a different outfit. Yeah. And no one knows who he is. <laughs> Meanwhile, his, his parents think he's just like a piece of shit. Yeah, you know, that never helps out whenever they're attacked. The the castle's being attacked, and Prince Adam is just seen casually walking out of the room, like, down the hallway, and it's like, well, maybe someday he'll start acting like a prince. <laughs> That's like an actual line from the show, too. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's not like, Adam, get the fuck back here and help us fight. It's just like, well, maybe someday. Guess fuck us, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But the show is just, it's... I mean, it's great. I mean, Skeletor's hilarious. Yeah, I love I love his voice. Like you always hear him parodied, mm-hmm. and you're just like, "That's not what he sounded like." And then it's really what he said. It takes all the like, it takes all the piss out of that character. Yeah, he is not scary <laughs> in the least bit when no. he starts talking. But no. it's like it's so awesome at the same time. The tone of the show would have been so so different if they would have had a guy who's like. Like Mumra, <laughs> yeah. Like if Skeletor would have had a scary voice, the whole dynamic of everything thing would be absolutely different. Yeah. But I would, I would have it no other way. No, it's fantastic. Uh, I mean, I love, I do love like the simplicity of everything, just like the reused animation, and like, uh, 
you know, they get into a fight and all He-Man has to do is throw him into a mud puddle and they're just like, ah, <laughs> curse this mud and curse you, He-Man. I guess I'm done for, yeah. te- for now. Or how, how easily dispatched some of the villains are because they'll, like, come up and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. And then it's just like slap. Yeah, he just like he just hits like, their weapon, slaps their weapon, and just like goes flying. And then it's like, oh shit! And then he'll just pick them up and, <laughs> and throw, throw them. them. <laughs> That's <laughs> he's really like he's he's very lenient when it comes to like dealing with villains. Yeah, he doesn't fuck people up really. No, he just kind of like he makes them feel bad about even attempting to fight him. Exactly. And it makes me wonder what would happen if he really did get pissed off. Yeah. You know, he'd probably be a pretty dangerous guy, but it's just like... Because he's just tossing people into mud puddles, but then he gets boulders thrown at him, and he just punches the boulder, and it explodes. Yeah. Like, so it's like if he actually did punch someone in the face, their head might just blow up. Yeah. He doesn't completely. do that, though. No, he just sort of, like, casually grabs them by the shoulders, <laughs> lifts them up by the shoulders, and just sort of, like, chucks them away. Yeah. The way you would, like, throw a kid onto a couch or something. Yeah. You know? just... Yeah, he's just like, mm, bad beast man, <laughs> yeah. and just throws him, and he goes flying. Yeah. It's it's quite funny. Uh... And, like, the last episode we watched ends where... What is it? Skeletor is like bound in some, some chains. Uh huh. And he has placed a spell on uh, the what was her name? Fan Phantos. It was the or Queen of the Queen yeah, of Phantos. Queen of Phantos, and Skeletor has her under his command. Yeah. And he places a spell on her so that when she looks at He Man, she sees Skeletor. Because he's like, I know you hate me, so now you're going to hate He-Man. Yeah. It's like very silly how excited Skeletor is that this woman hates him so much. <laughs> but, so, He-Man, like, uses telepathy, which he on and off has, yeah. to tell this this queen to use her chain magic, mm-hmm. because only He-Man can break out of it. So he breaks out. Yeah. That leaves Skeletor bound. And He-Man just kind of instructs him. And he's like, you're going to be in those chains forever until you take this magic spell off of her. And so then he just takes his spell off. And then Skeletor's <laughs> just standing there because they let him go. And then he just disappears. Yeah, well, Skeletor like, immediately takes the spell off the girl. And then yeah. He-Man just cuts his chains off. Yeah. And that's it. That's and he it. just lets him go. That's what I'm saying. He's so lenient. Yeah. That it's like he just... It, it almost reminds me of like an absurd version of the relationship between Batman and the Joker. Yeah. Because he catches him over and over and over again and thwarts his plans every time. But then when he's done, he's like, maybe this time you'll learn your lesson. <laughs> maybe this time. And... He well, doesn't. He doesn't. He never does. So um, yeah, but if you uh, if you have Netflix, you can watch all the He-Man you want, and you probably should go back and and do that, especially if you uh, if you like getting together with some pals. It's it's a good one to to share a few laughs over. I think 
Yes, definitely. Um, great drinking game that mm-hmm. I think Jess came up with while we were watching it. Yeah. But there are a number of times, more than you think, Yeah. times where they'll have uh, one character's face will take up an entire half of the screen, and then they'll have another character who's sort of like three-fourths visible, like top of the head to like the knees. Uh, And they do this for perspective reasons, to get like this character in the background. So they put the one character way up close to the front. But it's a whole half of their face. So, of course, you know, Jess was like, oh, you guys should drink every time one of those scenes comes up. And it would be a lot. It would be a lot. Yeah. Make no mistake. It's not like they do it once or twice. It's like routinely throughout an episode, it just goes back to this. Really, there's a good chance that anytime someone talks, it will cut to that perspective at least once or twice. Yeah. So... You could probably get pretty fucked up if you tried going through with that drinking game. Yeah. So. It's uh, it's fun. It's a fun show. It's silly. It's very silly. But uh, in a way that doesn't feel too dated or like you can't put up with it. No. Like it's just. Like it's fun to watch. Yeah, it's fun to watch. It's a classic. Because, as you said, it's so ridiculous sometimes it's just yeah so um fire it up on netflix sometime and and uh you'll have you'll have a good good time with it i think so what do you want to talk about next week we want to get back into the 80s vibes here yeah Mm. let's see you still have uh, you still have my movies, mm-hmm. Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles. Yeah. Um, how about Breakfast Club? We can do Breakfast Club. Okay. And I think we should plan even more the week following Breakfast Club. I think we should do an album review. Oh yeah, an eighties album. We That'd haven't done that yet. That'd be good. Something where we have to listen back to back the whole album, and then we can talk about the songs and stuff. Okay. How about H two O? yeah we can do h2o if you want it's a good 80s album yeah so next week we'll bring you uh, a breakfast club cast yeah and the week after that we'll bring you a hollow notes h2o cast so there you go so there you go yeah uh until uh then we'll see you in the outro Mm mm-hmm cast about heat man so thank you for listening this week as always um look us up on the uh internet start with superdivorceme.com uh follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash superdivorce and twitter at superdivorce if you want to follow me on uh, social media just look me up my user handle would be nicholas villars if i'm there and if you want to follow me, uh, you can find me on Instagram at BenderButt. And uh, if you do find me, let me know if you would watch a video series where I make my 
terrified mother watch horror movies and then review them. I'd watch it. I'm going to call it Momster Movies. <laughs> so that's uh, that's where you can find us. And then also I forgot to mention, when you go to our official .com, superdivorceme.com, sign up for our mailing list, uh, get on there, and then you get yourself three free downloads from our upcoming album. And um, got some exciting news about that very soon. Yes, very so, uh And signing up for that mailing list is a great way to make sure that you don't miss any news that we have. And we've got a lot coming up soon. Big. I mean, like... Big, big news. We told you guys, we, we, we baited you guys forever <laughs> that we had a new album. And, oh, we're going to make it. We're going to make new music. Well, now we've got new music. So we came through on that promise. Now we're saying we've got some big stuff coming up to do with this album it's gonna happen so you want to join our mail list and be the first to get in on all that and you will be the first yes so uh make sure you do that and um until next week um uh, eat a chair yeah why not bye guys